Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Unconquered Podcast. From the road once again, rather than the EPR Creation Studio. Nevertheless, this podcast, as always, brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of website development and internet marketing for an affordable price. As I've said before, EPR Creations built showthesafeties.com for me. And if you haven't signed the petition for viewing angles that allow us to see the passing game on television, please do so. Podcast also brought to you by my book. Makes great holiday gifts for those who like to do their own research. You can find it wherever fine books are sold. So we are here in the last regular season game of the year for Florida State. Note that I said last regular season game of the year because this game will determine whether or not there's another. And this is a really difficult game to project because not only is this a you know traditional throw-out-the-record-books game, but this is a game where you have a program with a fired head coach who is no longer coaching. It's not like he stuck around after, the, uh, after he was terminated. He, he's gone. And no defensive coordinator either who he, he was fired a few weeks ago. So you're looking at a team that <laughs> you just don't really know what to expect on that side of things. I mean, the Dan Mullen loss for Florida, he's got some warts as a, as a coach in, in terms of recruitment and a, and a variety of other things. But when it comes to, be, to game planning, to play calling, to running an offense, to being a game day coach in general, guy's a pretty good coach. And so you're, you're, you lose him, you lose that situation – and, uh, or you end up in this situation and you're winding up with a uh, with an unpredictable thing, but it's unlikely that you're going to end up with a better game day situation without Dan Mullen on the sideline for this team. Nevertheless, you also have to, you have to recognize that this is a very talented team that basically the coaching staff just lost this team. And effort level was really poor the last few weeks. I mean, you watch, if you go back and you watch that South Carolina game, it's an embarrassing overall effort level. If you watch last week against uh, Missouri, that again, just not... It was obvious that this team had quit on, the, on this coaching staff. Now the question is, what's the response to the coach getting fired? Do you, do you have guys circling the wagons and suddenly playing a, a, a better, harder brand of football? Or do you have guys who are basically playing for themselves and plan not to get hurt and trying to get to the offseason? Which, ha- which one do you have in this game? What's the team response going to be to the coach getting fired? Are they going to finally suddenly play better because, because the, coach that they, the, the coaching staff and the coach that they, that they lost trust in is gone? Or is this going to be a, a different thing than that? And then beyond that, you have the quarterback situation, and this has been quite a soap opera week from the, the Florida side, where early in the week it was reported that Emory Jones had torn his ACL and that he was out for the game. Obviously, that would uh, bring Anthony Richardson, who had been uh, the backup this year and at different points had flashed more promise that he would be the guy for sure. But of course, then there's questions about his availability because he'd missed uh, time after that concussion against UGA, and then when he was ready to be back, he 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 got hurt. He has a dancing injury, uh, that, an injury that was sustained dancing at the team hotel. Um, that I'm sorry, I just can't keep it together on that. I mean, that's it's like the Willie Taggart regime here. Uh, at, you know, at the end there, that 
it's not clear how healthy he is, but he was taking first-team snaps on Tuesday and then I believe Wednesday. But all of a sudden, Emory Jones' injury was upgraded from an ACL injury to a rolled ankle. <laughs> to where it it may be that, that they're playing Emory Jones, who, you know, rolled an ankle, maybe has a little bit of extra spat tape on there and is, you know, basically playing like he otherwise would. Who knows what's going on there? Because it sure doesn't seem like the people who are covering the team have a good sense of what's going on there. In any case, neither quarterback, it appears, is fully healthy and is fully, uh, you know, both guys are, are fairly banged up. And, of course, their, their third option is Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, more of an emergency option and certainly not somebody that, that, that scares you defensively in the way that the other two do. So who knows what's going to happen at the quarterback position this week as well. So you've got a team where the coaching situation on both sides is a question mark, team motivation is a question mark, and then the quarterback position is a question mark. So normally when you come into a game, you, you evaluate you know, sort of from the line of scrimmage and the quarterback out and then assess how, how the coaching staff and, and the motivation of the team works. And all of those things, pretty much except the line of scrimmage, are question marks coming into this game. So, I mean, it's a, this is very much, as much as you can think about a throw-the-record-books out, out the window kind of game, not only being a rivalry game, but all these other factors. So lots to think about, lots to keep track of, and just the guy that's going to take the first snap. There's all sorts of drama and question marks about that. The guy that's going to take the first snap under center for Florida. It's just an, just an open question. So nevertheless, we shall still try to assess and deal with what we can expect try to uh, to evaluate what we can expect from the uh, Florida offense against the Florida State defense here in this first section. And this first section brought to you by Louis Marquez of Keller Williams, Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, a trained videographer and photographer who will make your house look better than anyone else when it's time to put it on the market. And right now is a great time to put your house on the market. So, if you have any real estate needs in the greater Jacksonville area, give Lewis a call. He'll make sure you get top dollar for your price. And if you're buying, the guy can negotiate. No one will outwork him to make sure that he finds the right place for you. Let him know you heard about him from the Unconquered Podcast. His information is in the show notes. So looking at the Florida offense versus the Florida State defense, this to me basically comes out as a strength versus strength situation where both teams have some strengths and weaknesses on that on those respective sides of the ball, but those strengths and weaknesses basically align so that you're getting strength on strength and, and weaker points versus weaker points. So to me, that's that's basically where this where this all stands. But uh, the the main strength is Florida's run game against Florida State's run defense, where Florida State's run defense isn't great, but I think their front is really the obviously the strength of this defense. And Florida has been a run-heavy team all year. They're 50-50 in terms of, of run-pass uh, play calling. And just to put it in perspective, as, as, as heavy run as Florida State is, they're 45-55 uh, uh, run-pass. So they, they still throw it more than they run it on the, on the year. Now, many of those are screens and all of that. But even when you count screens and all those things, Florida is, is basically 50-50. So they run the ball a bunch. And when they run, they've run it efficiently. 
5.51 yards per carry against FBS competition. That's fourth in the nation. They went into the Georgia game, number one in the nation, in yards per carry. So that tells you that they've been productive. They've been efficient running the football. And to put it in perspective, that 5.51 yards per carry, fourth nationally, Florida State has played one team that runs it more efficiently. That's Louisville, 5.61 yards per per carry uh, on the year. They're third in the nation on that. And then one that's a little bit behind that, I think they're, what, 10th, Syracuse at 5.37 yards per carry. So just about... Uh, 2.2 yards per carry less than uh, than what Florida is getting. So that that kind of puts it in perspective of where where Florida's offense is relative to the ones that Florida State has played. They're they're right in that Louisville Syracuse tier in terms of being able to run the football, and they've been efficient with it all season. Now that that said, they've been less efficient and less effective running the football in recent weeks than they were early in the year. They were very, very good early in the year running the football, you know, eight yards a carry in, a, in their opener, uh, you know, averaged, you know, pretty good, pretty good set uh, in, in, the, in the Alabama game as well. Then you get into recent weeks and 3.94 yards per carry against LSU in that loss, 4.13 yards per carry against Georgia, which is actually really good against that Georgia defense. But 3.15 yards per carry at, at South Carolina and then 2.45 yards per carry against Mizzou last week. So this is a team that, that they've been really good running the football really up until the last month. And then they've, they've each, each, basically each week they've been getting worse running the football. They've been getting less efficient. And some of that has to do with effort. Some of it has to do with, with other things. But obviously if you're a Florida State fan, you hope that that, uh, that that trend continues and that they're that Florida State's able to keep their running game bottled up. Now, to put it in perspective, against that uh, number three in the nation rushing attack from Louisville, which is averaging 5.61 yards per carry, Florida State gave up 3.2 yards per carry to that Louisville team, which is really good against that, uh, against that team. They gave up 5.98 yards to Syracuse instead of 5.37, which is Syracuse's average, so a little above the average. And then they give up 6.38 yards per carry against UNC, which is the next best rush offense that they've faced. So it's a little bit all over the map there in terms of what they've been able to do. And, and you know, I think in many ways this, this offense is probably closer to Louisville's in terms of uh, at Louisville's. It's sort of a hybrid in, in this way. Louisville and Syracuse a little closer to that than what they are to, say, UNC in terms of what they do. Uh, but this is going to be a team that... that Mullen does a lot of things, and, and that you're still going to have to run basically Mullen's offense. It's just a matter of who's calling the plays and some points of emphasis. But you've got a lot of different run options in this offense. They run a lot of different, uh, a different, a lot of different schemes, and they're very quarterback heavy in their running game. Mullen always has been. Uh, he's always made sure to run that quarterback a lot, and with the guys that he has with the guys that they have now, now that he's not there, Jones and Richardson, those are guys that even banged up, they're going to run a lot. And that's really where you have to manage to um, to stick with it. So that's where, say, the Syracuse attack, once they once they uh, moved to, to the quarterback that Florida State faced there, they were, again, more run-heavy there in, in, the same, in similar ways. So that's something you're going to have to be mindful of all game if you're Florida State. You've got to keep them from being able to run the football on first down, second down, and stay ahead of the chains. If FSU can have success on defense on first down, they probably win this football game. Now, other things that you have to worry about, they've got a couple receivers that can run. 
you know, shorter. The transfer from from uh, Penn State is a big body, uh, more of a uh, of a kind of dig glance route and you know fade type stuff that you have to worry about in the red zone as well. And then Jacob Copeland, who's really their big play guy, uh, is the other receiver. You, you have to be conscious of where they are and make sure that you're not giving up cheap stuff to those guys. You have to make them earn it and force the quarterbacks to locate. These are not super accurate guys throwing down the field. Uh, I think Emery Jones is a significantly better thrower than Richardson at this point. You can see it in the numbers. But, uh, but you want them to have to execute in the passing game to win the game. Uh, the, the place where I think you have to be very conscious is as much as they run the quarterback, they love those little quarterback run actions and then take a step back and, and hit a shot. And they're going to take a few shots in this game. You have to make sure that you, that you handle those shot plays and that your safeties are being disciplined and that you don't get sucked up against the quarterback run so that you end up letting a guy over your head. It's really going to be imperative that, 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 that the secondary manage to, uh, to play their keys first and, and make sure that they stay over the top at the safety positions even when it looks like a run initially because they will do some funky run action to set up some of the shot plays that they have. And that's where uh, Richardson on, on the year has, had, has made his biggest plays in the year is on those where he, he gets to running, running it reasonably well and then because the defense is coming downhill to try to stop the quarterback run, all of a sudden you get that little play action where the, you know, he steps forward and then all of a sudden steps back and you got a guy running wide open down the middle of the field and that's really where they've made some of their biggest plays on the season. If you're honest there, if you play honest and you make sure that you manage your, uh, your keys well, that's where you can, you can actually limit this, this offense pretty significantly. It is hard, though, because, again, not only are they run heavy, but this is, I think, the best offensive line Florida State will have faced this year. They're 10th in the nation in sacks allowed, only allowing one, one sack per game, 1.0. And I, I think just overall, if you look across the board, they, they have performed on the year probably the best of, of the overall offensive line units that Florida State will have faced. Uh, the next best, probably Louisville and NC, NC State, but uh, but that's a, that's something you have to be aware of is that all of those guys are you know at least average or above and I, and I will say uh, they they do have uh, they do have their right guard is I think a a, a guy who hasn't played as much that's Leonard uh, Richie Leonard he's not played a ton so. You know, he's a guy that if you're going to to get a bunch, I mean, he's got 174 snaps on the year. They had an injury there. Uh, if you're gonna see some places where you want to get, say, uh, Love it lined up against a guy to really take advantage of him, I think the right guard is a place where you could see maybe trying to trying to take advantage of of a younger guy there. Uh, Braun, their their left guard is, I think, their weakest offensive lineman overall. Uh, but he's got more experience and all of that. But this is a this is a game where I think as good as their offensive line has been, the strength of the offensive line is ultimately their tackles. And I think FSU should be able to cause some problems and get some pressure up the gut. And that's where they they really need to to win inside out with those defensive tackles and make that into a, a matchup disadvantage for Florida once again to be able to win on first down to be able to cause problems. And I think that's 
that's where this game, I think, again, this, that's where this game is won on the defensive side. So it's pretty simple to me. I think Florida State's secondary improvement helps a lot because you can, you can focus a little bit more stopping the run up front. Uh, but this game, to me, is really just play physical, limit the big plays, win on first down, and, and you, can, you can handle this, this team. Uh, but, again, it's, it's hard to know what you're going to see you know what happens if Anthony Richardson is the quarterback on on Saturday and he's reasonably healthy? Do these guys, who apparently he's pretty popular in the locker room, do these guys suddenly play hard for him in a way that they haven't in recent weeks? Does that change things? And obviously, it being a rivalry game, how much does that change things in terms of how well they're going to be able to execute and all of that? So, you know, I think you've got to be very conscious of your rush lanes and all of those things and, and stop the run first. You want to get as many shots on both of those ailing quarterbacks as you can to try to eliminate uh, some. Of, you know, it's a it's a cumulative thing. You want to get those body blows and eliminate their ability to to beat you over the top with some some play action. So that's the that's that side of the ball, right? I think that's one of those matchups where if Florida State can keep them around their around where they've performed in the last month, if they can keep it to that then you feel pretty good. If it, you know, Florida has not been a dominant team over the last over the last month in particular. I mean, offensively, they scored 42 against LSU and if they score 42 against Florida State, they're probably going to win the game. But then since then, 7 against Georgia, 17 against South Carolina, 70 against Sanford, so you kind of wipe that out and then 23 against against Missouri. I think that's the that's the the area that you really need to to keep this offense Essentially, magic number for the defense should be in that sort of 28 range. If you give up 28 or fewer, you got a really good shot of winning this game uh, because of some of the matchups on the other side of the ball. And on the other side of the ball, which of course is brought to you by Shenandoah Newsma of Keller Williams Realty in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, you can find her at shenrealestate.com, best in the research triangle area, someone I've known for a long time, someone I know works really, really hard for her clients does a great job. Tell her you heard about her from the Unconquered Podcast if you have any real estate needs in the greater triangle area in North Carolina. If you're looking at this uh, offense versus defense matchup, you could be forgiven for thinking that this is a bit surprising that once again, Florida State actually projects as being able to win up front as long as, and this is the big if, if Darius Washington is able to play and be reasonably effective at one of at that tackle position, you feel good about Florida State in this game on the offensive side, and that's but that's another big variable. Now, again, Florida State has has uh, has had a pretty good week of practice. There's been uh, reasonable overall health. I think there's good reason to think that that Washington might be able to to play in this game and might be able to be reasonably effective if he's able to play and be effective. You're playing against a defense that has given up 4.36 yards per carry against FBS competition, which is not very good, folks. That's not all that good. Just to put it in perspective, in terms of ranking, that puts Florida at 79th nationally in, in run defense against FBS competition. That's just a little behind Miami in run defense. Miami, 4.27 yards per carry versus uh, Florida, 4.36 yards per carry. Florida State, by the way, significantly better, 3.8 yards per carry for 46th in the country. 
So if you think about this, this has been this is this is a good matchup for a Florida State team that really does still have to run to set up the pass. That said, it is interesting looking at Florida State's offensive numbers in recent weeks. I was a little surprised when I when I took a look at how much the Florida State running game has fallen off on a yard per carry average in recent weeks. So in August, they averaged 5.07 yards per carry. In October, when they started really playing better and they got healthier up front and they got Jordan Travis back, 5.83 yards per carry. That's really when they the offense was humming more on the on the run game side. In the month of November, that's 2.94 yards per carry. And that's not including... So let's just look at their last four games. Last four games, Florida State has played yards per carry. At Clemson, 1.91 yards per carry. NC State, 1.41 yards per carry, which that you can kind of bracket out because that was not a Jordan Travis game. So, you know, NC State didn't have to respect really anything on the offensive side. Then Miami, 3.33 yards per carry against a defense that's not all that great. And then Boston College, 3.68 yards per carry. So offensively, they've not really been able to run the football all that much, all that consistently in recent weeks. And I think the biggest reason is that they've not been hitting big plays in the running game. They've been able to to sort of put some small chunks together, but they've not had a bunch of big plays in recent weeks. And I think that's that's part of the uh, part of the difference is looking at where those those yards came from and why they were having a higher yard per carry average earlier in the season. You look at some of the big plays that they had, say, against uh, Syracuse or North Carolina, some of the run plays that they had. They had longer run plays that went for touchdowns. Those haven't happened in recent weeks, and they're going to need to find a way to create some some more explosive plays in the running game in this. Uh, in this. But I think the primary thing has to still be finding ways to be consistent enough to get in situations where they're not behind the chains. And they've done a decent job of that in those weeks, even though they haven't had as high of an average. Now, in terms of the Florida run defense, that 4.36 yards per carry against FBS competition, like I said, that's that's 79th. That's not good. But in the last month, it's it's been even worse. At LSU, or In the game hosting LSU, 7.13 yards per carry. Georgia, 5.85, which... That actually against that Georgia offense is not terrible. So, you know, getting up for a rivalry game there, which might be a good indicator of what you can expect here. At South Carolina, 6.76 yards per carry, almost seven yards per carry in that one. And then Mizzou last week, 3.36 yards per carry. So they, they kind of came back and, were, and, and played well against that defense, or against that offense. They came, well, came, came in and played well defensively. Still weren't able to stop Mizzou in the running game late in the game, and that's really why, why they lost that game. So that's been where Florida is and, and, and where their run defense is and Florida State's run, run defense or run offense. This has been, like I said, this, if coming in, I would have thought that this was a huge advantage for Florida State. Like It's a, a bad Florida run defense overall. Florida State has been a good run offense on the year. And then you look at it and you go, oh, you know, this is this is tighter than what you might like, just because again, the last few weeks they've not been as good running it and certainly haven't been as explosive running it as they were before. And again, Darius Washington is is a key there. But this is uh, this is another piece. This is another key to this game 
is whether Florida State can take take some advantage of what Florida's defense is going to give them in terms of uh, of the running game in this game because of some of the weakness up front. And how much is Florida going to be able to uh, to to handle the run uh, the run offense for Florida State? How 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 hard are they going to be able to get these guys to play? Uh, in, under uh, an interim staff, I mean that's a big part of this in a rivalry game. On the on the other side, they've got some guys that can cover, and you know Elam in particular is a guy that you have to be aware of where he's at, and that brings us into the into the other side of this. If you look at at Florida State's last month of running game, you would expect with those numbers that they that given how the the yards per carry had fallen off, that suddenly they would be scoring fewer points and, and really struggling to to win games. But they've been successful. And really, the difference has been mostly turnovers and defense. In August and September, they had six touchdowns passing and eight interceptions. In October and November, they're 13 touchdowns and two picks. So that's really where these things have been. And, and I think that's the other big key in this game is can they find a way to generate a couple explosive plays in the passing game the way that they keep, they've, they've continued to do. They keep finding matchups and getting one or two shot plays a game that, that change the game without turning the football over. And that's, that's been core to their success is they've not turned the football over on the offensive side. And then you combine that with the defensive improvement, and they keep putting themselves in position to win games. And to me, this game really is going to boil down to can they run it well enough to stay ahead of the chains so that they can play action and get a couple, a couple shot plays and, and steal some stuff while then uh, not turning the football over and then giving the defense some opportunities to, uh, to limit what Florida is able to do on offense. This is going to be a tight football game. And you know, moving into the, into the overall analysis of this, and the overall analysis brought to you by Garage Makeovers, the best garage remodeling company in South Florida. Their information is in the show notes. If you, have, if you want to have the, the, the garage that is the envy of your neighborhood in Broward or, Day, or uh, Palm Beach counties, that's where you want. That's where you want to go. That's who you want to contact. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast. In the overall, this is basically going to boil down to: Can Florida State limit the Florida run offense, and can FSU basically just do what they've been doing in recent weeks on offense? Cobble together enough running game to stay ahead of the chains. Don't turn it over, and then steal a few big plays. And that's really where this game, uh, what what this game amounts to. Uh, I think this is going to be a very tight game. This is one of those games where, I mean, I may be wrong. If Florida comes out and plays with the level of effort and, and want to that they brought into the South Carolina and Mizzou games, then you know maybe this game won't be close. But I have a hard time thinking that in this rivalry that's what's going to happen. I think this is going to be a close game. I think that, that the matchups are such where Florida's the more talented team. That they they just are across the board. They've got more skill talent on offense, especially uh, Pierce at running back is a load and and breaks a lot of tackles. But again, the a, a big part of this is going to be what kind of effort are you going to get? What what kind of cohesion are you going to get in terms of unit for unit and players playing hard and playing for for one another in this game? I think you're going to see guys playing harder than they have in recent weeks, but I don't think you're going to see guys as unified and bought in as what will be necessary ultimately to beat this Florida State team that has found itself. I think Florida State's going to win this game and go and go to a bowl. 
I, I think this is uh, this <laughs> this is the beginning of of a real turnaround for Norvell and the staff as the second half of the season is the beginning of that as they're going to they're going to beat their second in-state rival this season beating a more talented Florida team I, ultimately like I said I think this is close to a 50-50 but I'm going to give Florida State a 55-45 uh shot I think they're 55% likely to win this game I'm going to go with them winning 30 to 27 30 to 27 in this game. I just again, I look at what Florida State has done since Jordan Travis returned. And when Travis has been quarterback, you're looking at 33 points against uh against Syracuse, 35 against North Carolina. They only scored 13 offensively against Clemson and then 31 against Miami. 26 this week this last week at Boston College. I think they'll be in the same range in this game. And I think that's going to be enough to beat this Florida team. As always, I'll be back after this game with a quick hot takes podcast. I am on the road, so that'll be quicker than than usual uh in terms of how how much I cover, but uh, I'll do my best to get that in as quick as possible after that uh, after that game. Until then, Let's enjoy the Thanksgiving weekend. I'm thankful for all of you who listen and, uh, and very grateful for having had uh, a great audience and a, and a great listener base for the past nine years. Uh, very thankful for that. Have a good time with your family and enjoy Rivalry Weekend. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level, that is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.